Hi, Matt family. Welcome back to another episode of Beyond the Mat. I'm Lisa Schoenholt, owner of Brooklyn Embodied Pilates, and in this mom-centered podcast, we discuss pre- and postnatal exercise, labor and birth injuries, the demands of motherhood, and everything in between. In this episode, we will be getting to know Shelly Weirman, prenatal yoga instructor, birth doula, and lactation counselor. Shelly, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Lisa. I'm so glad you're here. I've been wanting to interview you for a while. Um, So let's just talk about, I mean, this episode is going to be centered mostly around prenatal yoga. I know that you also are a birth worker and how that can help inform, you know, the prenatal yoga practice. So let's talk a little bit about your background. How, um, you know, did you get into this work and especially how did you transition into um, working mostly with prenatal yoga? So many years ago, when I was living on the West Coast, my friend's daughter was pregnant and she said to me, oh, you should come to the birth. Uh-huh. <laughs> this and is before you like, were a doula. Yeah, before I was a doula, you know, she said, have you ever watched like a human, another human give birth? And, <laughs> you know, I was like, no, I've seen lots of puppies and kittens born, but not that. <laughs> not that. And she's like, well, you should come. And I was like, but really, is it okay with Julie? And she's like, oh, yeah, the rest of the family will be there. It'll be like a party. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know. And now being a birth worker, I'm like, mm, that's probably wasn't the best idea. <laughs> I went, when it was time, you know, for me to come, they called me and told mm-hmm. me to come. And her two older kids were there and her brothers were there as support wow. people for the kids. Uh-huh. And I don't know, I was there for a while and she started having D cells uh-huh. um, and the midwife decided that she should transfer to the hospital. And mm-hmm. for some reason mm-hmm. they chose me to drive. So this was originally a home birth. It was a birth center. Oh, birth center. center. Okay. Birth center. Yeah. And then they were transferring to the hospital because of D cells, which is when the heart rate drops. drops. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Um, and so they chose me to drive, but I also mm. had to drive like her mom's car <laughs> and it was literally around the block. Mm-hmm. So I drove her around the block. I parked, the, dropped her off. I parked the car. By the time I got upstairs, the baby was already out. Oh my gosh. Wow. That was my first birth experience. <laughs> <laughs> Where you miss the birth. <laughs> Right, right. But you know, I uh-huh. after that, uh-huh. I I knew that I needed to be involved in birth work. And uh-huh. so my original goal was to be a midwife. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I started looking into what I had to do for that. And mm-hmm. as you and others probably know, there's a high pregnancy rate when you start doing birthy things. Mm-hmm. So I became <laughs> pregnant with uh-huh. my third child. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. And so that went on hold for a while. Right. Um, and then eventually we moved to New York and I, I was on midwifery boards. Uh-huh. And so I was like a lurker and would mm-hmm. read all of these <laughs> midwifery chats and I started seeing things uh-huh. about doulas. Uh-huh. And so I thought, oh, I could do that. Right. And, I found- and then you became certified as a birth doula. Yeah. And then when did you start teaching yoga? I started teaching yoga in 2016. 
Okay. And then, so you were already a birth worker first. So then you went right into focusing in prenatal yoga. I didn't, I was just teaching regular yoga and I was Mm -hmm. teaching at a studio and students kept asking me, why is there no prenatal yoga here? Right. Uh. (laughs) Right. Uh, Yeah. And so then I found a prenatal yoga teacher training Mm -hmm. and became certified in that. Mm -hmm. And that's basically all I teach now is prenatal yoga. Right. Yeah. I know I have a lot of clients who take your prenatal yoga and love it. (laughs) Um, and then I know you have a recent certification. Can you tell me what that is and what that is? Um, so I most recently became certified in the body ready method Mm -hmm. and it's just, it's a method of getting the body ready for birth and postpartum period Mm -hmm. based on their five pillars, which Mm -hmm. is upper body mobility, the core, the pelvis, the pelvic floor and movement patterns, Mm -hmm. um, and just incorporating those pillars into movement Mm -hmm. can help people, pregnant people have more efficient birth, maximize, you know, minimize aches and pains, optimize their recovery. It just really kind of goes together with Mm -hmm. my doula work, with my prenatal, incorporating it into my prenatal yoga Mm -hmm. classes. Yeah, that sounds perfect. Like it's tying everything together, like the prenatal yoga to the birth and to the recovery. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, that's really nice. Yeah, I will yeah. have to look that up. I haven't, um, I haven't actually heard about it. So, um, oh, I'm something new for me to like look into. Yeah. So let's talk about how is prenatal different from regular yoga, and then the importance of why it's important to do prenatal. Um, something that I find a lot that I, I don't love is I have a lot of clients who are doing yoga but not prenatal yoga, and I'm like always, always encouraging them to do prenatal yoga and not take a regular yoga class. Like that seems difficult for a lot of, a lot of people, basically, like so many people are just like, oh, well I modify, or maybe I just don't do this pose. And I'm always like explaining why is it important that pregnant people are actually doing prenatal yoga. So let's first start just with the the differences, like the similarities and differences. And then we'll sort of talk about the importance. Prenatal yoga is very similar to a regular yoga class. Um, In prenatal yoga, we focus on the changing pregnant body Mm -hmm. and ways to help pregnant people connect with their growing baby. Right. Um, It can also minimize common pregnancy-related aches and pains and Mm -hmm. give people the tools to have a more easeful, effective Mm -hmm. labor and birth. I like to focus on breath work that mm-hmm. involves, you know, the pelvic floor and mm-hmm. making, having them pay attention to the expansion mm-hmm. and contraction of the pelvic floor with the breath. Right. Um, we practice candles breath, which I know uh-huh. you use in control. Right. Yeah. And then we modify poses or mm-hmm. avoid poses. Right. That- I have had clients who, you know, might take regular yoga, aren't modifying and actually end up with pubic symphysis derangement, which for our listeners, you know, we've talked about in a couple episodes, some people describe it as like lightning crotch, but it's really just like sharp pain anywhere in your like pelvic girdle around basically around your underwear line, like sort of sharp searing pain. And I do find that like in a regular yoga class, there's some poses that 
sort of push into that? Like, do you want to talk about some of what those poses are that, you know, that there's definitely not those poses in um, prenatal class? Most of it is about widening the stance Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. making sure in prenatal yoga that the pelvis is facing forward. Right. It's like stable and like one hip isn't pulling one way, one hip isn't pulling the other way. Right. Right. So we want to keep the pelvis really Mm -hmm. stable and avoid those kind of movements that pull it back. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. I've had some people who do a lot of yoga with very severe diastasis, not in terms of width, but in terms of just like maybe like a two finger gap, but like the entire way down, like from the rib cage, like almost all the way down from the pubic bone. And they were doing a ton of yoga. And I think just not modifying again, and like just a lot of exercises that were really overstretching that rectus. Do you want to talk a little bit about you know, that and how you're like basically not doing that in prenatal or like what poses you're right. not doing. Yeah. So what we do in prenatal, a lot of regular yoga is you're stretching and opening the chest mm-hmm. and you're letting your ribs thrust up. Right. You know, and which is all causing pressure right. as you know. Yeah. So basically what I'm doing is I'm reminding them to draw their rib cage down Mm -hmm. toward the hip points, to cinch in the belly with their Mm -hmm. breath and not to do, you know, all that backbendy kind of stuff really Mm -hmm. does feel good. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It does feel good. I get it. Um, Yeah. I think that's a big difference or just knowing that in a prenatal class that you're doing things where you're putting basically both the rib cage and the pelvis and better alignment to support the pregnant body, you know, and maybe that's a better thing to think about rather than me even like asking the question, well, what poses do you do or not do? I usually tell people to like, you know, now when you're pregnant now is not the time to be doing like wheel and Cobra and, you know, like a lot of extension. Cause that's really, you know, pulling on your, you know, Rex Dominus and opening. But I think that's like an important separation is just really like in a prenatal class, you're focusing on the rib placement and hip placement as opposed and just how that probably, you know, applies to every pose as opposed to just not like, oh, don't do this or don't do this. So I think that's really helpful, you know, for listeners to hear of like a main difference too. Right. And, you know, there are some shoulder moves like where you interlace the hands behind the back and draw mm-hmm. them out down. And most people will thrust their ribs and open their chest. Right. That right. It's the same thing. It's drawing mm-hmm. down, mm-hmm. you're stretching the upper back, but you're not mm-hmm. overstretching the abdominal muscles. Okay. So how can prenatal yoga help people actually prepare for their birth and maybe help them get them through labor easier? Um, yeah. So prenatal helps create the strength, flexibility, and stamina needed to prepare pregnant bodies for Mm -hmm. labor and birth. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, strength is important. Also important is the ability to be soft, right. And to relax and Mm -hmm. let their body yield. Mm -hmm. Um, and so at the end of the class, I like to take them through a full guided meditation of relaxing Mm -hmm. and releasing each part of their body. Mm -hmm. Um, and hopefully they can take that and use that Mm -hmm. when they are in labor and giving birth. We also practice contractions. Oh, <laughs> so I wear a watch and we have uh, contractions of varying right. lengths, you know, so I I'll see. put them like in a goddess pose. Right. Right. 
and have them squat and I'm mm-hmm. watching the timer and you know mm-hmm. we have early labor contractions we right. have mid labor contractions we have mm-hmm. you know it's getting time to push <laughs> active labor <laughs> contractions right yeah. Uh-huh. yeah yeah that's great i do um similar things like that where i'm timing them and so it's just helping them um know that when they're in an uncomfortable position that they're able to like breathe through it for this amount of time so right. yeah so i love that you're doing that with your clients and something I want to talk about, because um, I feel like there's not enough information about this, is when you said, which was, I love, you talked about, you know, while it's important to strengthen, it's, it's equally important to like soften and yield. And that's something that I think that maybe not all pregnant people know, and they just want to like tighten, tighten, tighten. And can you talk about like, why is it important to actually be able to soften and release? Being able to soften and release will help the baby move through the birth canal. Right. People that have super tight pelvic floors or posterior chains Mm -hmm. tend to have longer labors, um, including myself. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's just super important to be able to like let go and let that baby pass through. Yeah. That's what I see a lot is people are so tight. And then when they're working out, they're doing things that are tightening even more as opposed to like doing things that soften and relax, which would be another difference of like why it's important to do prenatal yoga. And instead of regular yoga, you might be like, tightening and strengthening more when actually I would say it's equally important, maybe even more important to be able to just totally fully relax and release. Cause, um, yeah, I do see people who are a little bit tighter, tighter pelvic floors, really tight hips. I see them, you know, push for longer periods of time, like similar to what you said. And then sometimes I see them not even going into labor, you know, and like really needing that release, which I know, you know, as a birth doula, should we talk about that for a second? Like, you know, like, what do you need? You know, you need that release of oxytocin to actually go into labor. And some people who are so tight, you know, and are maybe sort of like held or used to squeezing all the time, which is, you know, let's all stop squeezing all the time. Anyway, it's no good. But like, sometimes they don't even go into labor. So can you just talk about like, you know, how you need the release of oxytocin to even go into labor? I feel like those tight people, like babies can't get in a good position mm-hmm. when the body is so tight. Mm-hmm. Um, and baby's position is part of what starts right. labor, that mm-hmm. release of oxytocin, you mm-hmm. know, the relaxin that mm-hmm. starts to increase at the right. end of pregnancy. Mm-hmm. And if we're tight and holding, we can't just let go and let that baby come out and down and Mm -hmm. do what it needs to do. Right. Yeah. Are there things that you as a doula encourage that release? Like when someone's, you know, in their last week of pregnancy or maybe like up against an induction date? I know this isn't about yoga, but like. Yeah. I, (laughs) I, I recommend lots of things. Um, I recommend that they get prenatal massages Mm -hmm. that, um, I even sometimes go over and do some spinning babies techniques with mm-hmm. them. I right. do, do some scarf work, you know, mm-hmm. I do some jiggling. I try mm-hmm. to do some sideline releases. Mm-hmm. I 
tell them to have good sex. Right. Yeah. Good sex. You know, orgasms for everyone. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I tell them too. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Like all those things. And then, yep. Sex, orgasm. And sometimes if like the, if they're like sex is just like not on the table, um, which sometimes it's not, I'll just say to just cry, like just give yourself a good cry. Um, or, you know, like watch two movies, watch one movie that makes you cry. And I don't know, a movie that makes you like hot and steamy. Who knows if this is like, I mean, they're just laughing. Right. Yeah. Releases. Right. I had my last client just like watch videos that make you laugh. (laughs) You know, just have some type of release. I know, um, when I was pregnant with my second, it was my due date. Who knows if this is why, but like, the same day I went into labor, I watched Fifty Shades of Grey that morning. Not like, <laughs> I don't know if it was that helpful anyway, but like I probably Maybe, picked a different knows. movie, but um, you know, I did go into labor that night. Um, yeah, that's great. I think it's so important to like really be able to soft and like soften and then just have that release. And a lot of times like that's what starts labor. Um, yeah, that's great. So, I mean, as you're teaching prenatal yoga, what types of issues do your clients have that you see, you know, like over and over again? Um, I see mostly a lot of low, low back pain, mm-hmm. you know, and you've, you have people that are either doing the sway back thing right. yeah. or talk to like super swayed back. Yeah. 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 So I kind of, I try to work with them on that. Mm-hmm. about getting the pelvis into more of a neutral alignment. Right. Yeah. Um, I see a lot of headaches, mm-hmm. you know, the increased yeah. blood flow and all of that causes right. headaches. And yeah. so just so a relaxation good. practice can right. help. I was like, does that help with headaches? Cause I know, you know, prenatal yoga does help with the back pain, but like, can it help with headaches too? I think, that, I think that relaxation mm-hmm. can help with headaches mm-hmm. and giving yeah them the two goals for the guided relaxation they can right hopefully do that on their own mm-hmm. yeah and then like as you move into from teaching them prenatal yoga to like maybe being their doula you know are there the same issues that you see over and over like once you know they're in labor like as you're attending births yeah most commonly it's babies that aren't in great positions mm-hmm. um and it takes them a little longer to make their way through the pelvis, mm-hmm. um, sometimes delayed pushing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm hoping that with the new mm-hmm. BRM tools that I have, right. that mm-hmm. I won't see as much as that, or I have tools right. to help them to get through that. Right. And you are spinning babies certified, right? Right. I'm also spinning babies certified. Right. So, so like I, you can help with that anyway, like getting them in the right position. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's good. And then you've got, of course, like the pushing part. <laughs> right. Um, and, and the, you know, the blowing and the cinching mm-hmm. and feeling that downward movement with mm-hmm. breath. Right. And then do you, when you're at the hospital's um, I know my questions are a bit all over the place because I wanted to focus on yoga. And then I know I, I keep asking about like more birthing stuff, but I mean, it all goes together. So, you know, when clients are pushing, like, what are you advising? Because I know there's a big difference in terms of recovery 
and maybe you can talk about this, of when the provider is like leading you through the pushing versus, you know, the birthing person doing the pushing, like sort of, can you talk about those two differences and what you see? What I see is providers are really comfortable and really like birthing people on their backs with their mm -hmm. knees pulled into their chest and their mm -hmm. legs wide, which right. is not opening the pelvic outlet. Mm -hmm. um, I try to get them to let clients and actually the last birth I attended, mm -hmm. I, I got them to let me do it. Put the mm -hmm. client in kneeling over the back oh, of the bed, uh -huh. you know, yeah. knees in, ankles out. Mm -hmm. Wow. It's probably yeah. much easier. <laughs> <laughs> much easier, right? Because yeah. as we know, the mm -hmm. pelvis opens, the pelvic outlet opens yeah. when the knees are right. in with like internal rotation a little bit. Yeah. Space for baby. Yeah. I know even the births that I attend, it's usually like I might suggest it, but it's, it's usually a no. Um, it's usually, it's a, no. usually it's a no. It's usually really? a no. They have to be on their back. This is how we deliver babies. And so like one thing that I'll do is I just, I'm like, okay. So I just tell, you know, my client just like keep um, pressing the button to lift the back of the bed up more. So you're more upright, just keep coming a little bit more upright and like, let's really try to get your legs a little bit more parallel, um, you know, to help you. But um, yeah, that's something I run into too. Or they might, you know, sort of just be like, well, like you can be on your side. Sure. Try two pushes. Like, oh, yep. Not, not making progress. Like let's do it my way now. Exactly. Um, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're so resistant to that. Mm -hmm. I, would, I would really like if more OBs allowed people mm -hmm. to try different positions. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, there was one birth last year where it was a long, long pushing period and we were mm. doing everything and right. she pushed for like three cycles and then we'd switch to something mm. else. Uh -huh. But it was, it was long. It was a long was time. Yeah. Three hours of that. Oh my gosh. That's so long, long, long time. Pushing. It was a long, long, long time. <laughs> Um, did the baby eventually come out vaginally? The baby eventually came out. Oh, yes. good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he did great. Now yeah. he's still in there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and like what ideal, like ideally, if you could do anything you wanted, how would you have clients, you know, push? Like, let's talk about like the whole pushing phase. Like, how would you have them push? I would had your have choice? them push in however they're comfortable. Mm -hmm. Um I would like them to be on their knees and more mm -hmm. upright mm -hmm. um, with their knees in and ankles out, like right. I said before, but whatever feels best mm -hmm. to them mm -hmm. and allowing them to kind of listen to their body and mm -hmm. move it in a way that will facilitate the baby's mm -hmm. birth would be great. Right. Yeah. And, you know, does the breath that you're teaching them in class ever transfer over to the birth? Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes it does. Um, uh, you know, again, we at the hospital, we run into hold your breath, curl around your baby, hug your right. knees. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. You know, and you can't, 
you can occasionally get a provider that right. will let you, you know, say, no, we're good. Let's try this breath yeah. and see how this works. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I run into that all the time too. Sometimes I get them to let me count. So they're not counting. So I'm the one who's counting, which seems to help because they're like following my counts, um, mm -hmm. you know, because I've like worked with them before, but yeah, similarly. Um, yeah. <laughs> Well, we'll, we'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there eventually. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about like, if people, you know, are pregnant now, um, you know, what are basically three tips that they can do to just help with their, with their pregnancy? Let's say they're, they're listening to this podcast, they're pregnant, and I want them to walk away with three things they can start implementing, you know, today. First thing I would say is three-dimensional breathing where mm -hmm. the entire rib cage expands mm -hmm. on the mm -hmm. inhale mm -hmm. and contracts back down on the exhale. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people tend to breathe in their belly. Right. That helps create mobility in the upper body. It also, they can learn how to downregulate their nervous system with that That's and important. kind of calm mm -hmm. down and relax, right. right? Which is really important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. During Can you actually, would you be able to just like lead us through that breath real quick? Yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> so I close my eyes. <laughs> I tell them to close their eyes. You can place your hands on your mm -hmm. side of your rib cage. If... Yeah. I'm going to do this right now. Yeah. Lead me through. Like I'm like, you're okay. So your hands are on the side of your rib cage. Your mm -hmm. eyes are closed. And mm -hmm. as you inhale, you're going to feel your rib cage expand out. So you're expanding like a barrel would expand. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. And then as you exhale, you can even blow out for candles here if you want, but you feel mm -hmm. like that contraction of your rib cage moving in, your belly is cinching in and tightening. And then you just take another big inhale, nice and slow and fill up your lungs, fill up your rib cage. Mm -hmm. And then slowly let that back out, maybe blowing. And then let's take one more breath like that. Mm -hmm. Big, deep inhale. Rib cage expands all the way around. And exhale, let it out. Yeah, that's great. I like with your um, hands feeling your ribs so your ribs can actually press against something. And um, I do feel a little bit more relaxed right now. Just <laughs> <So, laughs> takes a minute. So tip one is breathe three-dimensionally. Um, next tip. Tip two is move your pelvis, mm -hmm. move your pelvis and your hips. Mm -hmm. No, like move your hip points up mm -hmm. and back, move mm -hmm. your tailbone up and back, move side to side, do figure eights, mm -hmm. do dance. Right. You know, dance party, pregnancy those... dance party. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Explore the range uh -huh. of motion, do right. tucks and untuck. Uh -huh. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's something that I do a lot with clients. I feel like a lot of people are almost in a permanent tuck, um, which is, you know, not ideal for, um, I mean, a lot of things, but also for, you know, going through labor, you want that pelvis really like untucked and that tailbone free. And I feel like a lot of people are sort of, you know, squeezing their butt under. Yeah. Um, and some of that sometimes 
people will also have like an anterior tilt. So they're right. totally untucked totally out. Right. Yeah. But yeah. then they dump into their belly and forward right. to their legs and then they've got right. Grip glutes. Right. 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 Yeah. So it's like basically stay away from each extreme. Right. Try and get <laughs> that pelvis as neutral as possible. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that is a good, excellent tip. Cause that's something that I see with, yeah, like their pelvises are sort of sticky or like don't have a lot of mobility. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, that's a great tip. And third tip. Walk, move your body, <laughs> move your body in a variety of ways up uh, and down stairs. Right. You know? Yeah. People um, need to walk more and not mm -hmm. sit so much. So much. Yeah. That's what I tell clients too. Yeah. And that's the easy one. And everyone who's pregnant, who's listening can do that today. They can, um, I mean, do all three of these today. They can put their hands on their ribs, take a couple breaths into their hands. They can go for a walk and then they can come back and, you know, figure out their pelvis around a couple of times. Yeah. Turn on yeah. some music and dance. Yeah. Or that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Those are excellent, really excellent tips. Um, before we close this episode, is there anything else you feel like we haven't covered or anything else, you know, just generally about prenatal yoga that you, that we didn't touch on? I don't think so. Okay. I'm yeah, sure something will pop up after we get off. <laughs> as soon as we, right, log off, right. you'll think of something. Right. Um, we'll always, we can add that as an addendum or just make an Instagram post if you think of anything else. Um, but this has been really great. So, um, you know, in summary to our listeners, if you are pregnant, please do prenatal yoga and not regular yoga for basically every reason that we talked about, because it'll really help your body um, prepare for your labor and birth and actually support the pregnancy as opposed to doing things that might um, like inhibit some, you know, movement and function. So really do things that you, that will support you going through your pregnancy journey. Um, well, Shelly, thank you so much for joining us. And to our listeners, if you know anyone who would benefit from this episode, please share it with them. If you'd like to connect with Shelly, you can, well, I'll put it in the description. Um, but her Instagram is at Croton Doula or at Marms37 Doula. Her website is ShellyWormanBirthServices.com and her email is Shelly.Worman at gmail.com, which I will definitely put in the program notes so people can spell it correctly. <laughs> so, Shelly, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me, Lisa. It was fun. Oh, good. I'm so glad. All right. See you next time for the next episode of Beyond the Mat.